0: Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And we are here talking about the Aquarian Age. My guest today is Steve Noble, who is a profound spiritual teacher, and he is here to talk about this new age and the incredible energies we've been moving through. Steve, welcome back to Quantum Conversations. Hi, Lauren. Thank you. Uh, here, I'm here in cold
1: England, not like sunny mountains of America.
0: Cold England. Well, we are sending you a big hug and it's cold here, but we do have the sun. Let's talk about this current time. Right now in our current timeline, we are headed into the December solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, the winter solstice. And that is a very special time. We can feel the Christ energy coming through the solar, the sun, the solar logos. Yeah. So um, we really wanted to touch base with you because this year of 2018 has been profound. And intense. <laughs> have
1: you found it intense? i found it very intense. Um, it seems to have got more and more intense as the year has gone on. And um, the last 1111 gateway, which I actually did a transmission for, a meditation transmission for, uh, I, I thought it was all going to be lovely and wonderful, but it became so intense and it almost like, blasted me out into i don't know clearing old stuff old patterns and more light come in and then more clearing it was just like so intense i just wanted to sit down and have a cup of tea i'm sure many of you may have felt that way and i've i've spoken to many clients and it seems for a lot of clients and also friends things have become more intense also more beautiful more wonderful more intense as the light hits seems that the light is getting more intense that we are revealing more layers of old karma old darkness that's coming out to be cleared i've hit stuff i mean i have like you probably been at this a long time nearly 30 years of constant ongoing you know workshops and meditations and listening to channels and diving in and exploring and i've hit things this year that i never knew were there and i've had to also find my own uh Uh, friends and and assistants in clearing because we can't always just clear ourselves all the time. So it's good to have friends or healers or teachers around who uh, can give you an objective feel. So this year has been very intense and I think that the intensity is not going to go away between the 1212 gateway and the, the solstice. I've got a feeling a lot more lights coming in and a lot more karma and darkness is being released. So that's my feeling. But we are in this age of, Um, great volatility great challenge great opportunity as the in terms of the astrological side I mean there's many prophecies around the shift from all all cultures I think India culture the Kali Yuga shifting into the golden age the um, Mayan calendars the um, book of revelations they're all talking about this shift from darkness to light. And of course, when there's a shift from great darkness to light, there's a bit in between, which is the challenging bit. It's the kind of bridge. It's the wobbly, wibbly wobbly bit where we're clearing out the old personally and collectively and stepping into a new, uh, reality. Um, I think for the last, or the energy of the Aquarian age has been hitting the planet. I would say for the last 60 years, there's a lot of debate about this. People have all kinds of versions of when it starts and, uh, 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 and all kinds of. Some people say it hasn't it hasn't started yet. But when I look at the world, it seems to me very obvious that it started. And I well, think. It, okay,
0: so did you say sixty years?
1: I think it. I for me, it started really beginning around the nineteen sixties. I think you know. Oh, well, after, yeah, after maybe after World War ii beginning. Star seeds started coming in. There was starts to shift from the old fifties mentality beatniks so in america you had all that wonderful beatnik stuff and uh, and then the 60s hit flower power and this was really a shift in consciousness it was just the beginning of it it really didn't take because mm. it was just like a wave a beginning wave and it kind of died out and hit the shores and dissipated there are other waves that come in you know in the 70s there were um <laughs> spiritual teachers that awoke you know there were channels that came in there was a the brilliant seth material in the 60s and then in the 70s more channels were waking up and coming online um, a brilliant channel that I quite like is an American one called Lazarus, who came online in the seventies. Um, lots of conscious and trance channels came online. There was in, a, in India there was this, the teacher Osho that a lot of Westerners went over to, um, and I really came to the field this whole scene in the early nineties, where again there was another wave of revolutionary teachings around you create your reality and all this stuff, and then that kind of died down. And then the millennium came along, and then I think another wave started to build around 2007. A lot of uh, people felt this wave or pull to shift or change their life. I know I did in 2007, 8. I resisted it. 2009, it started really pulling and hit, hitting me, and I was like, my life was pretty good at that time. I didn't want to shift, so I resisted it. And then boom, I was blown out. And um, so I think actually a major shift happened before 2012 a lot of people talk about 2012 i think it happened it's quite possible the 11 11 11 was the moment of the real shift into the aquarian age but people argue about this it doesn't matter because it's happening you know around us and um after 2012 there's an acceleration of energy um acceleration of intensity i think starseeds we talk a little bit about that i've talked before about them but starseeds were due to really waken en masse between 2016, 2018, 19. So we've, I've witnessed certainly at a mass awakening, people c- contacting me all the time through social media, emailing me. I can't deal with the, all these people, clients, you know, I need help, basically, um, because th- the interest in the shift is intensifying. Now, um, I'm of an age where I first heard about the Age of Aquarius through the Hair musical, you know. This is the dawning of the. I remember all that, and the moon is. I can't remember all the all the lines of it. And the
0: moon aligns with Mars. Yeah. Oh, you know it. I don't have that right, but yeah, I just heard that the other day. Speaking of the sixties. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Well, the sixties yeah. were a great time, I mean, I I was a I was born in fifty seven, so I was like a, a a child, early teen in the sixties, and so I don't, I didn't pass through all that time of um of awakening but I remember my father was very against it and he kind of said to me I don't like all that he really was against drugs and he was a product of the 50s you know didn't like it so he put the fear of that into me and probably good I didn't really need to go down the line of drugs and psychedelics because I got it another way psychedelics is is a very valid opening for some people but you can go too far in that and I've met people who've gone too far and their circuits have kind of burned and frazzled and you know Mm. you probably met them too
0: or holes in the aura, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. holes
1: in the aura. So, mm-hmm. I mean, certainly there are some substances you should definitely avoid, you know, per- certainly the modern ones, cocaine, uh, crack, all these modern things are really nasty. Oh. But anyway, so, um, well, so, so we've had this kind of shift. We're, we're in this period of mass awakening now. And really, um, the ages, astrological ages, they last um, I'm not a professional astrologer, but they, they last somewhere around 2,150 years each age. And I think that, what was it? The, the age of Aries preceded the age of Pisces. So Aries up to the birth of Christ, around the time of Christ's birth was the ending of the age of Aries. Uh, empires, you know, Roman Empire and Empire kicking out other empires. You know, you had Alexander and you had Carthage and all these empires jostling for power. But the birth of Christ heralded the age of Pisces. And the age of Pisces was really the birth of, um, you could say, religion, the age of the guru. Um, it was also the age of hierarchies, structures. And these hierarchies were like pyramidical shapes. You know, you had um, the guru at the top and all the followers, various down, or you had the pope with all the various layers, or you had the, the kind of archbishop or generals, and you had the prime minister, all these structures. And you had the kind of hidden groups, like hidden governments, which were behind all that, which were re- really kind of running the show in a way. So uh, Pisces has been about devotion, religion, following, people who know the secrets. All the secrets were in the ashrams, were in the monasteries, or in the hidden temples. And people are in the know. We followed them. You know, they're the ones we go to. You didn't know, need to know all the secrets. You needed to find the teacher that could tell you or could enlighten you or could his energy would just bring you up or whatever. But as we're ending the age of Pisces, the age of the guru is gone, as most of us know. But some the, some people are still hanging on to the age of the guru. But the gurus are falling one after the other, aren't they? They're kind of falling off their pedestals. Uh, there's kind of all kinds of sexual uh, misconducts and strange things going on and the the dark is being revealed in the light, and you can't hide the dark anymore. The more light comes, the more these old control groups are being released. So, um, here we are, and the Piscean age was dominated by power, violence, slavery, um, devotion, religion, extremism, fanaticism. You know, that's the worst side of the, of the Piscean age. And um, here we have um, here we have the new energy coming through in the '60s, which is more about connection, groups, global village, unity consciousness, which is which is Aquarius, you know, the age of Aquarius. And um, we don't need to believe in anything in, in, in the age of Aquarius. We're here, it's all about information, as we know. It's all about, whereas before information was hidden, now information's freely available. And the problem is we have too much information. We have too many books, too many ten principles or 10 processes to enlightenment we have too much so now we're in the spiritual supermarket where the challenge is not to find the right teacher but you know to, to kind of find your way through the maze of information and thousands of books being published and hundreds of e-courses and the the confusion for a lot of people you know i, I was very fortunate that i um, I was a director of this company where we hosted hundreds, well, thousands actually of teachers over the years. So I got to hear so much. And I also got to tune my own intuition around what felt right, well, for me anyway, or what felt generally off, you know. And a few teachers and spiritual authors did topple in my time in alternatives. There were was, was scandals and... Um, and teachers were ejected because of various misconducts that came to light. You know, I was, I was always interested. My ex-partner used to say I should have been a woman, loved, loved the spiritual gossip. But I found that uh, having my ear, ear to the ground meant I knew beyond what was being pre- presented, what was really going on behind in organizations. And, you know, there's always issues around money and sex and power. And th- those are the kind of teachers that usually fall by the wayside, you know. But there are wonderful teachers who are congruent and wonderful But there is a whole range of beings in the mix as we kind of pass through this volatile age. So here we are. And um, Aquarius is not hierarchical in the kind of vertical structures. It's more spiral or, you know, it's about connections. It's like, imagine like a spider web connecting in all kinds of areas. And light and information can come from every area. So here we are. It's around unity and reconnecting all parts of ourselves. So um, at the same time, as we go through this volatile stage, we're seeing loads of teachers, channels, light, but we're also seeing volatility. We're seeing extremism. We're seeing fanaticism and the worst kind, you know, in the Middle East and and even in America, you know, I'm sure you don't mind me saying, but we, we, and in England, also right, far right organizations coming out, you know, it's all the it's, minorities to blame build walls and all that stuff you know
0: it's very divisive right now um yeah. and so and and recent channeled messages has said that the through the chaos comes the unification and that's what we're starting to see as well um when when this chaos takes away something that many people care about groups come together we're witnessing that
1: yeah so the dark <clears throat> if I might talk about the dark as a general term, the dark are those controlling, manipulating forces. They were blocking the light for, you know, all the way through the Piscean Age and, you know, a- Age of Aries. They've been blocking the light. But in this time of uh, transition, they're actually in some ways initiating the light, actually. They're activating the light. So if you think of a an event like 9-11, which is the classic uh, it's the major event of the 21st century isn't it 9-11 which mm. has created all this darkness and war and control and snooping governments on their citizens and all of that but actually after 9-11 a lot of people woke up they were they looked at it and go that's not right our government's not telling us the truth there's something wrong with this i think i, I checked out on uh, on social media and millions of people were seemed to be like checking out websites of 9-11 and the conspiracy theories and facts of it, because there's, I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories around which we should avoid. But 9/11 is one that I did look at because I thought it was worth looking at, considering all the mayhem it's caused. And it looked like there's a lot of um, negative forces behind it that most people can't see. The Wizard of Oz, you know, behind the curtain, saying, "Don't look at the guy behind the curtain." There are these people who are becoming more, um, more seen at the moment. The mass population on the planet is not quite ready for that revelation yet because if they really get it there will be kind of revolution and toppling of hidden governments and and forces of power that are pulling strings with with lots of money and wealth and connections you know uh, behind them Uh, they're mostly hidden at the moment but those forces are becoming increasingly visible and eventually i think the earth seeds on the planet will wake up when they realize how much manipulation has been going on and earth, what I mean by earth seeds are those people who have been here on planet Earth for a long time in the reincarnational cycle, in the whole slavery, war, empire building, empire falling, all of that. And, and these guys can't really quite get ascension or transition because they've been here far too long. And if you talk to these guys about love, light, ascended masters, angels, they look at you as if you're absolutely bonkers. You probably know people like that, I imagine.
0: Or they roll their eyes, yes.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so those people are never going to be convinced by spiritual revelation. They're not interested in it. And I know lots of people who want to, they wish their mother or their brother can somehow embrace the light. It's almost like we've got evangelical new ages, but these Mm -hmm. people are not interested and we shouldn't be trying to convert them. What they are, what they will be woken up by is revelations about what is really going on on the planet. That's what will wake them up. So I think starseeds wake up, through spiritual revelation earth seeds wake up through the kind of WikiLeaks revelations and the whistleblowers and they look at it and go we have been duped the wall has been pulled over our eyes for a long time that's what will wake them up because they're very practical earth seeds they you know rocks are hard waters wet types so don't talk to them about angels or ascended masters or 2012 they're just thinking bonkers you know my, my all of my family are like that basically
0: Okay, so yeah, you're a starseed. You, when you were a child, you knew that you never fit in, and this is actually a starseed community. People who get this conversation are those who do understand that 9-11 is an inside job or there's something more than we're we're being shown. It's obvious when more facts come out. So, wow. All right, so I love what you said there about not needing to convince Hmm. Earth seeds, and again, this is not labeling. We're not labeling, but it helps us understand Earth seeds and Star seeds and the different roles and missions that we have. And I do love that you said the Earth seeds do wake up as well when we wake up to the fact that our government does not really care if you live or die.
1: Yeah. Well, Earth seeds. The main mission of Earth seeds. Um, I mean, there is there is growth for Earth seeds. Of course, growing through. Tremendous opposition, limitation, oppression and all of that does produce a certain amount of resilience, a certain amount of qualities. So it's not, I mean, Earthseeds are growing and they're learning, of course, they're learning leadership. They're learning all kinds of things, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but they're not really here on the same path of service as a a Starseed. Starseed is here to wake the planet up and help the shift. Earthseeds are not. They're here for personal growth and eventually on their own cycle of evolution, they will, of course, be moving on. uh, karma with children is a massive service actually you know just uh, just being parents of children and family this is why so much energy of, of earth seeds is in, is wrapped up in families and with starseeds it perhaps is less for a lot of them because their energy is more um planetary it's more they're more here for a, di- for a different reason soul mission which may or may not include children but even if it includes children it's not going to be the be all and end all of their lives you know So I've got children, I've got grandchildren, but it's certainly not – I mean, I do put a lot of energy in family, and I love them dearly, but I know I'm I'm putting most of my energy into this soul mission, this soul work, which is reaching as many starseeds as possible, waking them up, giving them information they probably need, meditations, transmissions to help them get through a dark period because it's still a dark period for a lot of starseeds who are going through, some of them, a dark night of the soul, and they need somebody on the other side going, it's okay, the light is – over here i 've been through the dark, and it's all right, you know because most star seeds have given up hope they're like they're um, been battered by the kind of dense energies on the planet and it's kind of nice having people like yourself waving a kind of light going it's all right, it's fine. come this way. One of the um, there are a lot of energies that star seeds have picked up um, f- some star seeds have been here a long time actually. And they've kind of gone underground. They're, they're the kind of what do you call it? The fifth column or something, you know? And those star seeds may have been here since uh, the fall of Lemuria, which was a fifth-dimensional civilization. So when Lemuria fell, some beings decided, you know what? I'm out of here. I ain't hanging around this dimension. I'm off. <laughs> and some star seed said, I'm going to go undercover and I'm going to embed myself in this 3D dimension and I'm going to wake up when the time's right, which is a very hard thing to do. So those star seeds that went through that mission, uh, one there was a tremendous sense of loss or abandonment by spirit or the goddess because it was a very matriarchal energy back at Lemuria. So an abandonment by spirit and a lot of anger can kind of be there as well. So that is something that gets healed as the awakening process comes up. This can I trust spirit? It let me down all that time ago. It abandoned me. Why did it abandon me? Because consciously we don't know. These things, you know, it's it's known by our higher self, but we don't know. Yeah. So we feel abandoned. We feel lost. We get battered in the 3D world. We hide. And the, the, one of the core beliefs, I mean, there are energies such as abandonment, mistrust, confusion, all this stuff, anger gets stuck, layers of it has to be released. One of the core beliefs starseeds have to release, I've found, is the belief that the dark is stronger than the light, which is very common. All of us have it if we've been through this dimension because we've been through a time where the dark is stronger than the light. The light will get smashed. The light will get stopped. The light will get strangled and choked and snuffed out. So if you've been through enough lifetimes, and it's very common where we've been hurt, harmed, exiled, abandoned, humiliated, whatever. Eventually we learn, I'm going to be invisible. I'm going to hide. This is the key thing for starseeds. So in the 3D, going through these ages, we hide. And then along comes Aquarius, and the, and the energy goes, it's time to come out of the spiritual closet. And we normally go, you must be joking. I ain't doing it because the dark is out there, and it's going to smash me. Yeah. So there's a sense of, around safety that needs to be, or, or trust that has to be built, or, and, and faith that has to be rebuilt, and courage and connection. So we rebuild the connection and all these things start f- following in. We have to reverse the belief that the dark is stronger than the light. It's almost universal in Starseeds that have been through the 3D matrix. And in myself, you know, when I started waking up, I was like terrified, thinking I'm going to be smashed at any moment if I get out and speak on the stage. I've reversed it in myself. So now when I t- speak to people who have got this belief, I say, well, look, if the men in black are really after you, don't you think they will have come for me first? You know, I'm really out there on the public stage. And they kind of get, I suppose so. You know, it's just building a sense of trust. And, and yourself, Lauren, you know, Trump's uh, you know, FBI are not coming after you and not arresting you for, you know, whatever. It's, it's safe now in this light, whereas it wasn't safe for thousands of years to express the light. Now it's safe. That's the big shift. And that's a bit also a shift that Starseeds have to get, who've been through the 3D dimension. There's a lot of starseeds coming in now who've never been through the 3D dimension. They're coming in for the first time and they're looking at these systems, particularly education system and going, I ain't going to align myself with this nonsense. And so a lot of kids are going, you know, are being labeled as all kinds of dysfunctional on the spectrum being drugged because they're not conforming with these systems that do not understand these energies. And a lot of starseeds, also that have problems because they're born in earth seed 3D bloodlines that do not understand their energy either so you may have very loving parents but they may not understand you one bit and the bloodline energies which is a systemic energy may not like you because it's witnessed all kinds of repression or violence through people stepping out and the bloodline can suspect that you're going to embarrass the bloodline or step out and there might be some shame. And so energetically bloodlines, and I'm talking about generations energies can seek to block you. Ancestral energies can seek to block you. So this is the stuff starseeds are all up against. They're up against the kind of density of the dimension. They're up against bloodline energies and they're up against past life experiences where they have been hurt or harmed. So it's not easy. This awakening process, not easy even though the energies are supporting us, even though there are many teachers supporting us, that we're still like putting our toe in the water going, is it safe? This is why what you're doing is great. You're kind of helping people gain a sense of safety and inspiration as well, which is very important to lift our energy up, you know.
0: Yes, well, I know you and I are both on that mission and the tools that are available to do this is really wonderful, but it's still... Really interesting that I still feel a little unsafe as well, right? In this little tight knit community or like-minded community of quantum conversations, right? And we, we are like hearted. When we step out to do conscious action in our neighborhoods, I still am a little shy. Um, I was, uh, in my neighborhood, there's fracking. Mm. And it's actually being quite dramatic right here. And this is why I say it's divisive. Um, when we continue to put dollars and profits ahead of the environment and the beauty of our earth, we get kind of sticky there. So what? on one hand, I see people mobilizing to come together. And on the other hand, I see myself taking a photo of something, you know, being aware that we, you know, if we create our reality, what are we going to focus on? We're going to focus on solutions. Yeah. Yet there's still things that we need to do to help kind of draw an awareness to people. So I found myself being scared to post a photo on the Nextdoor app. So at the next door is an app for your local neighborhood, and you can – find out when there's garage sales and things in this case this is a local meeting in yeah. our neighborhood and isn't that interesting i at one point i was like okay i'm just going to post it who cares but then the other part held back and that could be the ego that holds it back yeah. because it's like what if th- th- you know are they going to know my house address mm-hmm. my ego mind got all caught up in it so i did nothing
1: yeah Well, I've had friends who have said to me, uh, this was a few years back, I shouldn't stick my head too much out because the dark forces will know where I am and know where I live and will seek to do all kinds of things to me. And I was like, um, well, if you look at every spiritual teacher that that's really had an impact on the planet, all of them had a social conscious. None of them just said, go to the monastery, meditate, and forget about the world. You know, Buddha uh, fought very strongly against the caste system to break it down, he fought against war. He intervened in wars and stopped battles. I think he stepped in between armies and things like that. Uh, Christ with the moneylenders and temples and uh, the whole political scene around Romans and Pharisees and all of that mayhem. They, they incarnated in difficult times, and uh, you know, also Muhammad also in very uh, volatile times. Um, so a lot of teachers and uh, have a social conscience and. I spent 13 years as a director of this spiritual organization where I kind of felt I didn't, I wasn't allowed to have a voice around anything other than spiritual mm-hmm. because it, it would reflect on the company. So I kind of kept my views to myself. But when I left that company in 2012, I found inside of me a force that just wanted to express myself. And I did express it very forcefully on social media. So I think there's a few countries in the world that I don't know if I'd be welcome in, actually repressive countries, you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm talking about countries like Saudi Arabia and Israel, those kind of countries. I've been very vocal about um, about those kind of countries and things that have been going on. And, of course, there are very wonderful people awakening in those countries, but it's just really the repressive governments and what they're doing. So I created a group on social media. And um, actually, the first, one of the first groups I created was about conspiracy facts around 9-11. And I got thrown off of Facebook for having that group. Oh. They banned me, and I had to find my way back in. And then so what, I, we're do, what you're doing now is
0: obliterating by the light. Yeah, yes. Right. Well, right. I,
1: did, I did create another, and I've still got another group on social media, Facebook, which is called Conscious Media, where I do posts, social activism stuff. And um, I kind of also post, it's about solutions. It's not just about being angry at the world, you know. It's about informing people. It's about letting people know what's really going on what, as far as I can and becoming informed about what's going on in the world. And I know a lot of light workers, starseeds kind of don't want to know. I don't want to know what's going on in the world. I just want to know about my lovely little groups, but it is important to know about fracking, about um, nuclear energy, about wars, about all of this stuff, what's going on in the middle East, what our governments are doing in our name about snooping, you know, cyber stuff, all of that is important to know whistleblowers. It's all very important. Um, so I think I, I maintain a social activist side. I think it's important to have it and to, to look at the fear and really look at, well, what am I really afraid of here? You know, I know actually that I probably can't go to a few countries now, but I probably don't want to go to them anyway um, and just being mindful and, and being uh, looking for solution focus, not only about the problems in the world, because we don't just spread more and more. The news is really bad enough, you know, without spraying, saying more. It is important to, to have the power to say no to certain things and to say yes. If we can't say no, our yes isn't very strong. So it's about power and boundaries. So you might say absolutely no to fracking. You don't have to go out and be violent on the on the, you know, demonstration line. You just just go out, whatever degree you feel confident or able to. I think it's important to be involved in communities and to um, be concerned about people. Now, I'm very concerned in England, for example, around people in the very lowest rung. In England, we've had austerity under this right-wing government for a long time, and it's very, very hard on a lot of people. And the UN did a report recently showing that um, that decision was taken for political, not economic reasons. So actually, putting people through a lot of hardship just for eco- for political reasons is, I think, a horrible decision to take. So I've publicised that as far as I can. You know, I, I've made very clear my political views, and I, I, I you know, I think democracy is as as a wonderful thing, but it's filled with 3D. It, it can only go as far as the conscience of the people running it can go, really. So leadership and politicians and their ability to be corrupted or influenced by lobbyists and all that. So this is the system we're in, and it's not about fighting. We, I don't think we should fight the system. Uh, fighting doesn't work. Fighting the dark actually empowers it. We should say no to the dark. We can say no without fighting it. No, I don't want to do that. Yes, I want to move my energy towards this. So we have to say no to certain things, and there are certain in our in our lives there are certain people, situations, and experiences that we have to say no to. I'm cutting the energy with that. I'm I'm closing all energetic doorways to this experience. And you may be a very you're you're a wonderful person on your own path of evolution, but I'm actually cutting all cords or dissolving all cords with you because actually you're a bit toxic. I I mean, I wouldn't tell the person this, but there are people that we have to release because they're too toxic for us. And that's not an unkind thing to do. It's kind for them because actually it frees them up to be on their path, to make their choices without being hooked to some lovely person who just wants to kind of save them or love them or get involved with them. And, and all. So we should let those people do whatever they want to do, make the mistakes they want to make, learn, trust they're guided by their own inner light somewhere. Some people learn by hitting the wall. And we have to let them hit the wall. We have to let them learn their own lessons, you know. It's a big one for children. If you're a parent with children, you can't protect them from life. We have to trust their light. We'll guide them through light and encourage them and inspire them. We can't control them. It's, that's why being a parent is such a wonderful gift. You know, with my own children who are not starseeds particularly or they're not interested in what I'm doing. Uh, my daughter did a degree in criminology and she stu- her thesis was serial killers. And I said to her, Oh, that's great, you know. <laughs> it's not what I want to choose. And my son is very, was very into the security industry and wanted to be in the police and now works in the NHS in the operating theatres, you know, blood and whatever everywhere. And I can't do it, but I really love that they're on their own paths doing what they want to do, even though I wouldn't go anywhere near it, you know. So we have to, I think with children, we have to let them follow their own path. And in, in the world, I think we should have a, a social conscious and be realistic about what our fears, turn the light on the fears inside of us. Go, what am I really afraid of? You know, in some other lifetime perhaps the men in black did turn up and I was, you know, publicly dealt with. But in this lifetime, there are too many star seeds on the planet. The the light is too overwhelming. This is this core belief around the dark is stronger than light. We have to kind of process and it may come from many lifetimes. So it's not, I'm not saying it's easy, but we have to kind of look at it and reverse it. And it is very, very possible to reverse that belief because now is a time where that belief is no longer true, which is my, my reality. And it's not to say the dark is not out there. The dark is not um, formidable because the dark forces on this planet are still out there. They're still in control of a lot of things, though losing control fast, There are still dark forces on the inner planes that we have to be mindful of. If we just have a basic spiritual hygiene in our practice, those forces find it hard to touch us. So it is important to find the clearing uh, hygiene practices. If you're going to open yourself up in the inner planes, you need to know if any beings approach you. are Are they the good guys or are they kind of people posing as the light? And that can happen. So, I mean, the older cultists in the 1920s and 30s had very simple, they would ask someone, are you aligned with the highest light, Christ energy? They'd ask that being three times. And those beings I find it very hard to lie, you know, if you really confront them directly. On the inner planes in your meditation as well, if you have guides, approach them, check them out. Don't just go, oh, well, you must be lovely, you know, or this being wants to channel through me, so I'm just going to let them. Question them and check them out. And the stronger your connection to the higher self, the less able these entities or beings can interfere. There are, they are there on the, in the world and in the inner planes. But spiritual hygiene, just like if you go to a city and you kind of know, well, that district's a bit dodgy. I'm not going to go there. But if you just blunder in and just try and check out every bar and, and go, oops, this bar's pretty dark. You know, you don't, we don't tend to do that. We need to have our intuition running in the world and in our inner world as well. And then we're completely
0: safe, you know. Um, Yeah. Okay, very good. Really just to face down those fears and see where they're coming from and get over it because it is safe now. So that is very empowering for starseeds. And I really love that it's new earth solutions. It's really new solutions to focus our energy on that.
1: Yeah, and there are lots of them. Yeah.
0: And so that's where the playing field is different now because it's not the old paradigm where um, we need to hoard information, but it's actually doing the opposite of everything.
1: Oh, yeah. And a lot of people are – I mean, I, I also speak to kind of conscious entrepreneurs and or people starting their own business and their own website, and they're kind of sometimes afraid around copyright and should I protect this and should I trademark that. That's the old age of protection. You know, this age – If somebody wants to copy your material, most people have integrity, you know, um, um, if you, yeah, integrity. If you've, if you've got some information, I find that people share, people are sharing it, you know, check this meditation out by Bob or Jane, or listen to this person's got some amazing music over here. People, this is how people get found by sharing and connecting. Very few people are stealing ideas. Most people, I mean, some people might take your idea and make it their own and run with it in a new way, which is fine but I I think people shouldn't be frightened of having their, their ideas or their meditations out there for people to see publicly. And, and this protection is the old idea. I I always recommend to people forget, unless you've invented some amazing, you know, new technology, which is, which is different. That's kind of a different ball game, but information around spirituality or personal development, share it freely. I mean, I share most of my stuff very freely and I find that, uh, that, rather than the old conventional model of give a little carrot and winkle it in front of people's eyes and then they'll, they'll have to buy the whole $10,000 system, I'd rather give them 98% of everything. And uh, my deal with the universe was if I give everything away or 98% of everything, I still want to pay the rent. You know, And so far, the universe has upheld that deal. I've been, I've been more abundant by giving everything away than ever, actually. So I actually think that's the best way to go.
0: Well, you've shifted the energetics around the belief system of money and the control of money, and there's lots of things to do around that. Okay, so um, really to inspire is the role of starseeds and to help people wake up. So for those who are not familiar, if they're a starseed, anyone listening to this program is a starseed. Absolutely, Absolutely. yeah. Uh, And so mobilization for the star seeds. Any suggestions?
1: Well, I should mention um, not all star seeds are here for the same reason. Some are very much drawn to light body, light integration work, uh, DNA activation work, um, working with extraterrestrial star groups. They're very interested in that. Those kind of people, you find them around healing centers or centers of information, like. Um, I was one of these people. So alternatives where I worked for so many years was a kind of hotbed of of information, spiritual and tools and meditations and all kinds of processes. So that's one group of people. Another group will be very interested in communities and earth, ley lines, and they're always visiting, you know, ley lines and hotspots on the earth. And their, their guides are telling them to move to this place. So I can activate the energies here. And, A lot of old um, sacred sites were closed down or uh, energy centers on the earth were closed down because of the nature of the low frequencies. So they were closed down. A lot of them are reopening now and a lot of star seeds are drawn there. They don't know why they're going there. They make walk ley lines. I mean, I do go to Glastonbury three times a year because I absolutely love it in England. And I go to Avebury, which I find very powerful. I've been to many places around the world. Shasta in America was probably the most powerful I've ever felt, a place actually. Um, Great. Uh, I I do recommend anybody in the States that can get there, go and visit Shasta. It's amazing. I did go to Sedona, which has a different energy, um, amazing in a different way. So there are are all, all these portals around. So even if you're not one of these people who are interested in earth activations, it's good to go and visit them because there's a lot of light that can kind of touch you. There's another group of star seeds that are not interested in DNA activation, not interested in ley lines. They're interested in things like um, creative, uh, innovative ventures, like you know people like David Bowie, who just and John Lennon, who kind of used music as a portal for a lot of light. You know, I'm a star. There's a star man waiting in the sky, and John Lennon. Imagine if there were no religions and all this kind of stuff. So great. And there are artists as well and uh, poets. And so this is a great avenue for a lot of people. They're not particularly overtly coming out with spirituality, but they're doing it in a way that perhaps even a lot of star seeds will be touched deeply by, by someone like John Lennon touched millions and probably a a lot of earth seeds as well were touched by him. They didn't know why, because he was talking also about political activism, wasn't he? Uh, Let's end war, you know, all that stuff. Earthseeds will love that kind of stuff because it's a it's a possibility that's definitely on our timeline you know so there are all these creative types um, there are um, there are these techie types there are these cyber geeky types uh, that you find in all these kind of uh, chat you know especially the younger ones They're like, they they want to change the world through through that way Julian Assange was, was a great Um, example of someone who did change a lot you know he impacted a lot of things on the world uh, and that's why I think the governments want to get him because uh, he did make so much um, you know he brought down banks shifted political uh, agendas in certain countries I think you know maybe even the Arab Spring was a result of uh, publishing a lot of cables uh, American cables with other you know governments what was really being said behind the scenes so um, he's an example of that there are the direct awakeners uh starseeds that they wake up and they know their mission is to wake up others i mean i'm seem to be one of these characters i didn't realize that until i was told get on and do it you know and i was a bit worried about having to talk about this stuff but it seems to be that's the mission and the more i do it the more alive i feel the more like whoa you know i could i could talk for hours on it So there are these groups, and within those groups you may feel one is a a stronger draw, but you have connections to the others. So you you might have a connection to light work, but you might also want to do a little bit of earth work and feel drawn to a little bit of technology. Oh, the other one I should mention is actually um, the kind of inventor types, which are a bit like the geeky types, but they're here to invent new technologies. They're very scientific-y types uh, because one of the things which will shift on this timeline is – our reliance on oil and gas is going. It's already gone, actually, in terms of technology, but uh, the corporations in charge of investment and infrastructures have, have blocked all that technology. But The technology is there, and once it comes online, our reliance on oil and gas, you know, which causes a lot of war, you know, a lot of mayhem, um, free energy technology, Tesla was interested in this. Tesla was a kind of definite starseed who came down, and his interaction with someone like Edison, Edison was an earth seed, pedantic, thousands of experiments to find the light bulb. Tesla was dreaming the stuff up. He just sits. Sit, used to sit down and just dream all the experiments and the outcomes. And of course, Edison couldn't bear it because he thought he was unscientific. Um, Einstein, whose physics teacher said he's completely hopeless at physics and will never get anywhere, there's Great, created this um, theory of relativity, so these guys can dream it up. And of course, to an Earth seed and the Earth seed uh, academic world, they just can't understand it. They either loathe it or eventually adore it. Like this guy must be a genius, you know. And there, there are a lot of scientists who've made lots of discoveries through dreaming, you know, dreaming. Uh, I have several ones that, that I can think of. So there, there are these people who just dream it up, it's new technologies, and they're star seeds. Earth seeds can't do that. They have no ability to do that. So they just do it by pedantic, you know, slog and work and eventually they may stumble on something. A starseed will just dream it up, dream it into being. And and that's kind of very frustrating for Earthseeds, I think. <laughs> you know. Um I I mean for me, I I I've got this kind of team of marketing angels, I think, on the other side and they just tell me, do this, do this, do this, and I do it, and it works. And people look at me and go, How do you do how are you doing this? and you know, it's not just angels around love, light and healing, but there are angels can help you or guides that can help you with all kinds of things. You know, just ask them and call a team. And if you're open to it and um, you can connect to these guys and I've, I've, I've really trusted their, 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 their advice. And sometimes they'll speak to me through people. You know, I had a friend who just said something to me. It's almost like the angels are speaking directly to her. And I was like, that's a good idea. I've had a few people like that. You know, when I'm a bit too preoccupied or, or too dense to hear them, they'll, they'll come through somebody else, you know. And, for example, I had a friend uh, say to me, you should start a YouTube channel. And I was like, really? I, I'm not very good on camera. I don't think I'd be any good at it, you know. And I, and I sat with it, and then I opened, and I got the intuition. Well, you don't ha- I don't have to be – I don't think I'm photogenic particularly. I, but My voice is okay. So I kind of put my voice in. and I kind of put these lovely images. And – that's enough you know people get the energy they don't need to see me waving my arms going you know yay now bring down the light so i did it that way and my channel just hit thirty-four thousand subscribers in two years it's been phenomenal you know and i i did listen to him and then i had somebody else give me another piece of advice i listened to it and again phenomenal so it's about intuition because you can get lots of advice from people but it's knowing oh it's knowing a yes or a no which is uh which is key really it can be very practical. It doesn't have to be woo-woo. It can be very practical. You know, I'm in the world of business. I have to make money to pay the rent and buy computers and everything, you know, and and software. So I'm in that world. And when I was working for Alternatives, I had five staff to pay. And so I knew that that ideas generated money. And most of our ideas came over tea, actually. You can never generate creative ideas in an office. We should go out, sit down, have tea together, and say, what would we love to happen? And create the ideas. And one idea could generate... I mean, I, I, I was talking to uh, one of my um, – uh, uh, someone who succeeded me is running the organization, and she had this idea, and it generated more cash than I think I generated in a year. It was amazing, and, I, I, and that's how it works. You get a great idea, you follow it through, and you can generate great abundance. That's how abundance flows nowadays in Aquarius. It's through ideas and innovation. It's not through slog anymore. The most innovative companies are the ones generating the most cash, you know. Uh, so, and it's nothing wrong with money. As long as you put it towards service, towards, it's not about buying the Mercedes or the house. It's around, uh, fueling your path of service.
0: Supporting the service. Yes. Well, I love how you paid attention to those intuitive hits and then you you took the action. I know that many of us do get the ideas. It's the action that we have to take. So before we close, tell us your number one tip for really knowing yes or no within your beingness, in your intuition, like those steps to take.
1: Well, okay, if I was if somebody was asking me about intuition, I would probably say to them, okay, if you remember a time where you had an intuition to do something and it worked out and, you know, to date someone or to go to a certain place or holiday or shop and it worked out. And remember that time. And remember the feeling in the body. There was a feeling in the body that this is the right thing to do. Because I don't have to teach people how to do it. They already mostly know how to do it. So, and then I, and they get that feeling of, oh, yeah, this is a feeling of doing it. Yes. Okay, great. So then I say, remember a time where you had a feeling not to do something, not to date someone, not to go to that party, not to whatever it is. And in hindsight, you realize that feeling was absolutely right. So what was that feeling? So, that, so they'll say, oh, it might be, I had a feeling in my chest or, you know, and it had this kind of energy around this kind of, and you can, you can, you can go into those feelings. You can, if, um, you can explore it as, as a size of energy or as a color of energy or what kind of emotion was in that energy. So there's all kinds of factors in a yes and a no. So if people have a sense of this yes was accurate, and this no was accurate. This is their intuition saying, um, do or don't do something, and it worked out. So that's one distinction. Then I'd ask them to think about a time where they they did something, but they had the feeling before they did it they shouldn't do it, but they did it anyway. They overrode the the, the feeling. So they get that distinction of, yes, I kind of knew. So where in your body did you know? Well, it was a feeling deep down, but my mind, it's usually the mind going, you should go, or you should, or your mother wants you, or your friends will be let down. You know, all the thinking that goes on that overrides the feeling. So then they have a distinction for, I got the feeling, but I overrode it. So they're the distinctions. And then um, the other distinction I would say to someone is, if you get a feeling of, someone asks you to do something or you have a choice and you get, I don't know, maybe uh-huh. treat that as always a no. Okay. <laughs> so the distinction is I know what's a yes. I know what's a no. I know when I should or shouldn't have done something. I overrode it. I know what's my maybe and I'll treat that always as a no. So they're the kind of parameters. Very, very basic. You know, if we know what our yes and our no and a maybe is, and we know when we're overriding something, when the head's going, I should, they will be let down or guilt or, oh, there's pressure. Or So you know when you're overriding your intuition. So then it's a question of tuning into intuition. And no matter what the head says, no matter what your mother or your friends say, go with your intuition. It's a kind of training. And go with it.
0: And you'll know that your life gets easier, basically. Easier. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. So really trust ourselves trust Mm. ourselves and uh it makes me think about this i don't know that i had recently and it's like okay well now i know what to do so it's just an incredible awareness 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 and we feel into it yeah the other thing about maybe is maybe can be a question of
1: timing so it might be a no now but next week actually you might get now it's a yes so sometimes timing is a factor as well.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, that's really empowering and we feel good. And I know the star seeds are ready to go for it. We are coming into a new year and this seems like mastery and empowerment and big action. So again, the key is you mentioned Uh, social activism. I like to call it conscious activism. Yeah. Uh, Standing up for what we love, standing up for what we love to see in the world, like the beauty, let's keep it beautiful. Um, Bringing in new solutions, new innovations. That's really powerful as well. And really not getting caught up watching the old crumble because it is, but to really fuel it into big dreams and actions for our future and in a lot of ways that means coming together in small little communities so yeah. we're going to be doing that what would you have to share on that
1: well i think it's very important for um, connection to groups other like-minded people your soul tribe i mean it's very important for starseeds they're activated to find their own mission their own direction in life and that uh, you know it's, it's a challenge of finding it because we have to kind of step away away from the old, old leaving our old relationships find territory. and along with that comes as we shift in, in our own personal reality along comes this idea of support and soul tribe so soul tribe are people are on this plane that once we step out on a true direction start to be attracted to us and start to be aligned with us and start to hang out with us and so, my friends' friendships, uh, I, I, for example, earth seeds are very common for an earth seed to have friends from school or university that they've known for 30 or 40 years. I don't know people uh, from my, uh, I know very few people from my, before my 40s now. You know, everything shifts so fast and so much. And new people coming, new levels of support, new wonderful people. And, um, and so some of those soul tribe are here to love, support us unconditionally, help us with skills, mentorship, coaching, friendship, cups of tea. And some people are there to challenge us and help us step up, you know, gently challenge us or sometimes strongly challenge us. You know, we sometimes call people in. They're the soul tribe. And those soul tribe are on the, on the external reality and on our inner planes. And as we shift, we call higher frequency or higher levels of frequency of guides. We call angelic support. We can access... Um, things called planetary or galactic councils of beings. So we can access more higher levels of our higher self, something we call the I Am Presence, which is our oversoul. So the more we step out, the more that our higher self and oversoul gets interested in us. So if we're just kind of living in a boring life, the, the kind of higher self is kind of sending us impulses to wake up. But if we kind of ignore them, it's just like a friend who keeps calling us. Eventually the friend goes, you know what, I'm going to leave them alone for a while. You know, so as the higher self and and I I, I am presence impulses, the more we we listen and wake up, the more that channel opens and the more their energies will be with us. You know, and they're very, very helpful. All of this stuff on the inner planes is essential and helpful. We've got a whole soul tribe on the inner planes. And so support on the outside plane. We might be involved in activist groups but those activist groups shouldn't be angry ones they shouldn't be like i've been if you've been on a peace march with angry people it's that kind of thing don't, you don't want to be on peace marches with angry people it's much stronger if if we sort out our own emotional stuff and clar- and, and and mental stuff and go out and just say no to stuff we th- we think is a no and and debate and argue and post and do all the kinds of stuff that's solution focused to make a difference in the world we're not responsible for this 3d old system of crumbling we're not here to save anyone uh rescue anyone we're here to look to the new to create the new you know in whatever way that is some people have a big mission some people have uh, you might think of smaller missions but they're all as important because at the base level we're here to radiate a higher frequency of light whether you're a parent of a star seed or going out writing 20 books or on youtube with hundred thousand followers it doesn't matter. You're all of us. All of us are here with the same mission of shifting the planet.
0: Yes, that is so beautiful. Thank you so much, Steve. Pleasure. You are going to be doing an online healing retreat. We're actually calling it Mastery Empowerment Course. It's a course for New Earth, and this is coming up in our new year. It actually is something that sets the tone for the whole year. Because of the, I want to say, magnetics that we create into real, really drawing in that which we wish to create. So talk a little bit about this Mastery Empowerment course, as well as a new course that you have. And this is all available in your special offer.
1: Yes, for sure. So, um, well, I think there's a, a few aspects of it. I've, I've got some courses um, One course uh, is called Stepping into 5D Light Mastery, and this is a a course which is um, on seven levels. Um, And the levels include, uh, first level includes about the the global shift, ascension, new ways of light. Second level is about healing the ego. Third level is clearing timelines and energy fields. Fourth level is expanding our light awakening our multidimensional chakra system. Fifth level looks at the unseen friends, working with guides, higher self. Sixth level is about becoming the dreamer of our reality. And the seventh level is uh, stepping into high-frequency living, which is our 5D birthright. Um, the other course I've put out is something called 5D, Light like medicine technology, and this is on four levels. Um, and I did this with another teacher in Australia, a lovely woman in Australia, Taryn. The first level of that is clearing the etheric body, the chakra system, and upgrading. The second level is clearing and upgrading the emotional body. And emotional body is very important. Uh, lots of old emotional baggage. Once we drop it, it just frees us up. The third level is clearing and upgrading the mental body, all the old ideas, thoughts, stories, and uh, perspectives. And the fourth level is embracing our higher self. So that's that's two courses. And I believe I'm doing a webinar with you, Dreaming Your Year in 2019 Into Being. And this is really a call to all light workers and starseeds who want to help increase their light, increase their shift, increase uh, their resonance with their high streams, clearing resistance out of the way. And there will be attunements and transmissions on that uh, webinar. So I think there's three aspects of the whole package that's going on here.
0: Yes, a lot of ways to work with you. You have such great teachings and tools and practices for people to really clear their energy and to really align and to really step onto their path fully and their mission. So thank you again for that. Again, that special offer is available on this webpage, on this link. So it's beautiful. Well, I want to thank you for this beautiful call today. I'm feeling very empowered. I know Star Seeds are raring to go. And we have a meditation that we're going to link up with this uh, conversation. And this is on the Aquarius, the Aquarius age even more. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the meditation and how people can use it?
1: Yeah, so this is a transmission, uh, it's called the Aquarian Christ Transmission, clearing old Piscean energies. And um, this one really is, if you think about the Piscean Age, the the, the Christian message, the Avatar Christ who came in the Piscean Age, that message has been hijacked and, you know, jumped upon and twisted. And there's a lot of gunk uh, for people who've come through lifetimes of Piscean Christianity with all its control and, you know, all of the stuff. I mean, I was a Catholic for several years. I was born in the Church of England, so I, I kind of know from firsthand all that stuff, and I've been through many lifetimes on my knees in monasteries and vows of poverty, all that stuff. This transmission clears that and opens you up to the new energy of the Aquarian Christ, which is a new energy, which is the kind of... Um, not exactly an upgrade, but it's more his the truer energy coming back now in this time of awakening, and really it's a it's a collective mass awakening of consciousness. That energy is manifesting through many individuals, um, not just one person. And you know, this was this was foretold by him in, in the early days, where he said he would come back in the end times, and the end times is the end times of this old age, not the end times of the planet. So. And he's coming back. He, he actually, I think, mentioned something about a water carrier. And there are all kinds of su- weird signs he kind of gave and stuff about that. But he's, he, the energy of Christ consciousness is coming back. Um, there's a whole renaissance of angelic energy coming back with it. There's the Christ grid, the ascension grid coming through the central sun, impacting the earth. And this, this is something that's very much there in the transmission, connecting to the grids of the earth and of the central sun. And through that, connecting to the Aquarian Christ energy and that energy is has a very strong feminine aspect to it because originally there was a very strong feminine aspect of that energy mary magdalene was a great supporter as was uh, mary the mother there's this feminine energy holding him in his mission and of course when the church got hold of or grabbed the teachings they kind of banished the feminine from the teachings all about you know the savior who died for the sins on the cross and all that stuff but um and a lot of nonsense and. stuff has has really been put for people who've been through those lifetimes. A lot of stuff needs to be cleared. It's all in the transmission. And we, so we can open more fully to the true message and true energies of the Christ energy.
0: And thank you for that. We're going to have that link to this quantum conversation and also on this webpage. And what a beautiful time to do this as here we are in this solstice window of 2018, December, 2018 Thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesomeness. Well, Steve, I just want to thank you. Actually, it was you and I who I discovered your work on social media. And I know that's shifting too. But as long as we remember to obliterate it with light, Mm. then we're going to be fine.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, The dark doesn't like the light very much. It's repelled by the light. So the more light we hold in our energy fields and the more we clear shadows, the harder it is for shadows to even want to touch us. It's repelled by us. So, yeah.
0: Beautiful. All right. An empowering call with Steve Noble. Thanks so much for being here on this Quantum Conversation. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Steve. And now it's time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Enjoy. The Abounding, no more falsehood or delusions.
1: Golden living dreams of vision, mystic crystal revelation, and the mind to
0: liberation. liberation. at AcousticHealth.com Namaste